Hey, thanks for downloading and listening to the New Life Church Downtown Podcast. We'd love to stay connected on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock or TikTok at NLC Downtown. We have devotionals, audio from our weekend messages, conversations about big topics and culture today, and lots of options for you to become a disciple of Jesus. We aren't just a Sunday church. We want to be here for you Monday through Saturday too. Looking forward to getting to know you better. Good morning. My name is Neil. Wow, that was loud. That feels great. Whoa. I didn't have to put as much into it. Thank God for technology. Uh, my name is Neil. Um, I don't know if we are allowed to vote yet. I think voting has just started at the beginning of the year, but voting for best dressed so far of 2022, Dwayne Clayton is winning. I just want you to, I want to, I want to make sure that we say that. <laughs> Golly, so sharp. Uh, I love uh, getting a chance to start off the year like this with you guys. Um, we're doing a, a series called Essentials. Uh, we are starting it this week. It's going to go about four weeks. We might make it go five weeks. But it's called Essentials for a lot of different reasons. One of the things we're going to talk about today is prayer and fasting, and we'll talk more about that. We're also going to start, start talking about how to approach the year with vision and clarity and direction for our lives. We're also going to talk about relationships and discipleship. Those are the things. The reason why those are essentials is at the end of the day, uh, we have to know what is essential to us as we start off the beginning of the new year. Because if we don't, what we do is it's almost like our tires are pointed this way, but we start hydroplaning this direction in life in general. And so we have to know what is essential to us. Or we could wander through our days. We could wander through 2022. We could waste and squander opportunities or waste time. And God doesn't want us to do any of, any of those things. So we're going to start that one today. This is going to be a little bit different because... Um, it's tricky. Uh, you know, you, you prep and you get ready for a message talking about prayer and fasting, but at the same time, I really want to just sit down and have a conversation with everybody. I would really much rather do that, but it's really tricky because if you're shouting at me and I have a microphone, it's just weird. The, the back and forth is really weird. But what we did is on Wednesday, Ramsey, was it on Wednesday? I think it was Wednesday. We did, uh, we, we put some questions out there and just said, hey, listen, on Instagram and Facebook, if you guys have questions about prayer and fasting, what do you want to know about it? And the reason why we do that is I would rather speak for a little while, do some teaching, and then really answer questions that people have on this topic. And here's why. Years ago, uh, Pastor Rick, our founding pastor, uh, I think it's about seven years ago, we had a conversation because he did a series on the topic of grace. It was just after Easter. And he got done doing this message, and we all thought, we're like, that's amazing. It was an incredible message. And then the, the day after, he posted something on Facebook. He said, hey, listen, uh, we're just praying for you, really praying that the message helps you. If you have any questions about the subject of, and topic of grace, just please let me know. I'll do my best to answer them. Hundreds of people commented, and what we noticed is the questions that they had about grace were different than what we actually ended up teaching about. So on Tuesday, we sat down, we had meetings. I said, Pastor Rick, knowing what you know now, would you go back and change how you taught that message? He goes, absolutely. And I was like, so why don't we do that more often? Why don't we actually find out what people have questions about? So that's what this is. This message, we're going to talk about prayer and fasting, and I'm going to answer questions that have started to come in 
on Instagram and Facebook that you guys have, okay? We ask these. Now, we also, you could do it right now if you want to. If you go to um, at NLC downtown Little Rock, it's the longest handle in the history of handles on Instagram. But if you go there, in our stories, you could ask a question. If I don't have a chance to do it here live, we will answer it back. I promise you we'll answer it back today, okay? Guarantee we okay with that? You guys all right with that? Because I want to make sure that we get those questions answered. So, what we, what we did is we started asking questions, and it was interesting, the things that people said, that the reasons why they don't pray or, or the reasons why they have a difficult time with it. Uh, I'm going to start this talk off by just being honest with you and transparent, because this is, this is the, the crazy part. A lot of times we think when somebody stands up here, that means that they have this whole topic together. Like, we've got this together, we're just rocking it, everything's great, and I don't want you to think that. Sometimes what happens is you see somebody up here talking about a topic, and then you look at him, and I've done it. I've sat right there, and I'm like, that guy has zero idea what real life is like. He doesn't know how hard life could actually be. I'm going through some difficult times. That guy is acing it in every area, and I just want you to know, uh, no, we're not. This topic of prayer... I have gotten wrong more often than I've gotten it right. This is something that I am trying to learn, and I think that's the right position to talk about it today, not from, hey guys, I'm doing this perfectly. There are a lot of times in, in my life where I have not prayed the way that I need to. Like There are times where I will rely on just hard work and ingenuity or whatever and not pray about it at all decisions that I have had to make that I should have prayed beforehand and I've made decisions. Early on, my wife and I bought a Pontiac Aztec. That is the second ugliest car in the history of automobiles. It was voted that. Me and Walter White are the only two people that have owned a Pontiac Aztec, and I should have prayed before we did that. It's because they had the advertising. They had like a tent that popped out the back. We, do we ever use that? We never used the tent. We never used the tent. We, there, there are things we should pray about. But then likewise, there are things that happen in life. You're like, oh my gosh. Um, Gina and I, when we got married, it was about four years into marriage, Gina got really, really sick. And I've, I, I have never prayed that hard, that diligently in my life. Because I, th I thought, God, you got to move. Heaven has got to move. There have been accidents that we've had. We have friends of our family that are battling cancer right now, and we are praying like crazy. Why is it that sometimes we do and sometimes we don't? These are some of the things that you guys actually said. These are, these are answers and questions and, and thoughts you have about praying. A lot of people said that I don't know necessarily what I need. I don't know what I need when I'm sitting down to pray. Like, am I allowed to pray that? Am I not allowed to pray that? Is this off limits? That's a legitimate uh, um, concern. Somebody else said, I'm, I'm really self-conscious when I pray because I'm focusing more on God judging me because I, I, don't know if, I don't know if I'm good enough to be able to pray these prayers. It gets me really self-conscious. That's viable. That, that's a legitimate concern. Uh, somebody just said, I can't find the right words. I don't know exactly what to say. Like there's a, there's a, a rule book on it. Somebody else said, I get really overwhelmed because there's so many things to pray about. What am I actually supposed to be praying about? Somebody else said, I know it matters, but I have a hard time finding the time to do it. So we wanna, I want to I touch on some of those, and then we're going to look at the best example that we could possibly look at when it comes to how we should pray. There are a few ways we could do this. We could, we, and we've taught this before, tabernacle prayer. We could go through the way the priests in the Old Testament walked through, and they actually had a process to it. We could talk about the prayer of Jabez. We could talk about different ways to pray throughout the Bible. But I thought in these next few minutes, let's talk about the way that Jesus prayed. 
Because he has prayed the most famous prayer in all of history. Regardless of whether you think that is like, Lord, you know, bless this food, nurse it to our bodies, or, or rub-a-dub-dub, here comes the growth, thanks for the growth. Whatever you think that those other prayers are, those are not the most, they might be common, but they're not necessarily the most famous ones. Uh, so what we're going to do is this. I'm going to set a timer on my phone, and I'm going to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to back it up. I'll go, I'll go 19 minutes. How about that? I put a timer on my phone. I don't want to go too long. I really want to get to the questions that you guys asked. Um, God never answers. There's a prayer that God doesn't answer, which you guys, you're like, wait, what? The prayer that God doesn't answer is the ones that you don't pray. There are a lot of times we don't pray. And the Bible says that we can knock, we can ask. There are a lot of us that are here because of a grandma, because of a grandpa or an aunt or uncle that prayed for me. My mother-in-law prayed for me before I ever showed up. Lord knows she needed, there was some, a lot of prayer in there. Why don't we pray? Do we not want God's favor? Like, no, I think every, every, all of our hands would be raised up. Do we not want God's help? Do we not want to be forgiven? Of course we do. Do we want God's healing? Do we want his help? Do we want his blessings? Yes, on all of that. We, uh, we did a... Um, we, had, we did a, a, a men's group. We've done it for years. And we, we pastored these men in our church. And one time, this is about six years into 10 years of this men's ministry. And about six years into it, I said, listen, you guys know that it's important to pray, right? Every hand went up. I said, you know, it's important to do discipleship and like do a devotional, like every hand went up. I said, do you guys feel like we've trained you really well on how to do that? Zero hands went up. The entire room is full of dudes that we have been talking to for six years. I said, hang on, I, I said that wrong. Obviously, what I said was very confusing. Let me go back. How many of you guys know that prayer is important? Yes. How many of you guys know discipleship and devotional time with God is important? Every hand goes up. I said, how many of you feel like we have done a good job equipping you and training you on how to do that? Not a hand. I was like, why? We have failed you terribly. We are going to do something today. We, I don't want to teach you this. I want to train you. There is a difference. This is about putting this in action. The reason why we don't pray is because we don't know how. So we're going to get that out of the way today. This is really, really simple. We should be able to talk to God about anything. But what if we could pray like Jesus prayed? What if we could have confidence when we pray that Anything that we bring to God, he's going to answer in any situation. The truth is, he does answer. There are three different ways he answers. It's yes, it's no, or not yet. we got to get really, really comfortable with those. A lot of times we pray, and we're like, I haven't heard, he haven't heard from heaven. You did. He said no. <laughs> we don't want to. We're like, whatever. I want to keep praying until I get the answer I want. That's not how it goes. But the truth is this. When Jesus prayed, dead men walked out of tombs. When Jesus prayed, optic nerves repaired eyes and they could see again. When Jesus prayed, limbs came back to strength and supported the body that they couldn't support prior to that. When Jesus prayed, demons fled. And when Jesus prayed, heaven listened. Heaven heard Jesus pray. So I don't know about you guys. I want to pray like that. I want to have that level of confidence. So how did he pray? We're going we're gonna to look at one. You've probably heard the most famous prayer is probably become too commonplace to us, the Lord's Prayer. It's so familiar. We don't look at it like the marvel that it is and go, oh my gosh. We don't go to the kitchen sink and we turn the water and we're like, oh, what? The water just came out of this incredible. We don't do that. Because we get so used to it, it came. It's legitimately a miracle that we've cleaned the things out of the water and we could drink it right there. We look at the Lord's Prayer and we know it. It's so familiar and we have forgotten how powerful it really is. 
So what I want to do is I want to look at this. In, in Luke chapter 11, we're going to look at this as a little bit different. The, the Lord's Prayer is found in, in, uh, in the Gospel of Luke and the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to look at both of them, just to cover all of our bases. Uh, we're going to look at the message paraphrase first, because it's going to sound a little bit different than what maybe you've heard. So it says, um, one day he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said, Master, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. I want to pause there for a second because we read through this so quickly we wouldn't have the lord's prayer if it had not been for this prayer we don't see it i don't see it i go right past this the key to this is master teach us to pray his disciples heard him pray all the time how long would you go listening to jesus praying after a while you go hang on a minute jesus something is different about the way that you pray please teach me to pray that way the first thing we need to learn is, Jesus, teach us to pray. Say that with me. Jesus, teach me to pray. God, teach me to pray. That's where we've got to start with this. I promise you he'll answer that one. Don't you think he wants us to? He wants to hear our voice. He wants us to come with confidence. So we want, they wanted to learn. We want to do the same thing. So let's look at the NIV. It's a new international version. You have heard this Lord's Prayer before ball games, before board meetings. You've heard it before. It's all over the place. You may have prayed this before, but we're going to read through this. This is Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus is guiding his disciples and us through this. If you've ever gone on like a guided hunt, a guided tour, a guided anything, uh, we've been to Israel a couple times. You, all, you have somebody in your ear talking to you the entire time. You, you're listening to different things that are around you. We went to Machu Picchu. We've taken a bunch of mission trips there. Uh, we've done it four times, but the first time we took Pablo Aramborgos with us, which is the best decision that we ever made. Pablo is one of the guys that was, uh, he's a missionary and a pastor there in Iquitos, and he flew in to go with us through Machu Picchu. And we're hiking around. He said, listen, when we get there, step where I step, walk where I step. When I stop, just stop because we're going to look at things. He knew the architecture. He knew the history. He knew the, the socioeconomic development of, of the way that it was built. He knew all of it. We got there and the place is packed. We hiked up the, the stairs of death over to Winnipichu. First of all, if you do not like heights, I would not suggest Googling that. It is terrifying. But we went exactly where Pablo went. What we noticed is after a while... The other guides that were there started to get very angry and they wanted to kick Pablo out. We didn't realize it at first. Now, this is all men's mission trip. We got 21 guys with us, but we look around and our group now has about 50 people, men, women, and children that are with us that have left the other tour guides and they've come with Pablo because they knew this guy knows what he's talking about. They were really mad at him because he knew. He said, listen, do this. Stop here when I say stop here. Listen to that. That is what we're going to do. We're going to go through the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to listen to what Jesus said. So this is going to sound a little different. I'm going to read the message translation. I would say the message paraphrase. Be careful. It says, so he said, when you pray, say, Father, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. 
Does it sound a little different than the Lord's Prayer that you grew up learning? Yeah, that's a little bit different. The three square meals got me. I was like, okay, that's good. I didn't see that one coming. I had no idea where that was at, but okay. There are, there, we could pray this entire prayer, or we can pray these little prayers. There's a lot of them in here. We can pray them one at a time. You can pray them individually. You can pray it as a whole. We're going to go through this, okay? This is how Jesus taught his disciples and us to pray. So the first one is this. God, reveal yourself. This is the hallowed be your name. When's the last time you said hallowed be your name? We just don't say that anymore. That's New King James, and I love it. But God, reveal yourself. The reason why we pray this is because so often we are busy asking God to change our circumstances, and he is wanting us to change our perspective. So God, reveal yourself to us. is saying, hang on a minute. Focus on how holy God is in the situation. Focus on how good he is because he doesn't think the way we do. He's way more powerful than what we give him credit for. So we have to change our perspective. When life is crazy, we need to ask him, God, just show up. Just show yourself because I know you're in this. This is when we need to understand. You don't know what's going on. The last two years, there's a lot of I don't know what's going on. As we go into this next year, there are things that are ahead of us that we are not going to see coming. You're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. How do we handle those things? God, reveal yourself. We started a church in Columbus, Ohio. We started in January of 2020. And uh, I'm trying to think what happened in March of 2020. Oh, that's right. Uh, COVID shut everything down. We pastored a church through the most difficult time. I have, if I've prayed anything, I've prayed this more than anything else. God, reveal yourself. I don't understand what's going on. But if I could keep my eyes on you, I'll be able to get through this. God, reveal yourself. That's one of the best prayers that we could pray. The second one is God, make it right. This is tricky because you think you know what it means, but it's not actually that. This is the your kingdom come, your will be done. This is what we pray when we go off the rails. When things get a little bit dicey, when something is messed up, God, make it right. Somebody cheats on you. God, make it right. Not God, strike them down. God, make it right. When you suffer an injustice, God make it right. What that God make it right, what that actually covers is the mercy and the justice side of it both. God's going to do what God needs to do. We just need to release him in the earth to do it. God make it right. When you're trying to make a hard decision, God make it right. This is the part of prayer when we're proclaiming our trust in God. And here's why we do that. What we typically pray is, God, I really, really, really want this job. But we should, the, the God make it right part of it would really end up being, God, I really, really, really want this job, but God, I want what you want for me. God, I want your will above my will. That's why we pray this. Usually we leave that last part off. The third one is God provide for me. This is give us our daily bread. That's how we would say it. God provide for me. This is one of those prayers that most of us are more comfortable with because we know how to make our requests known to God because it kind of turns into this wish list, like a checklist, like, God, I want this, and I want this. And it's not Santa Claus. Like, God, that is not who we're talking about. This is Jesus we're talking to. And the Bible very clearly, all through Luke 11, Jesus says, make your requests known. Knock, he will answer. So I don't want you to think that you can't come to him with the requests, but there is a difference here. God, provide for me. Often what we focus on is what we want, not what we need. What praying God provide for me does is it helps us to understand we should be willing to tell God what we want, but trust God for what we need. 
There's a difference between those two. God provide for me. Give us our daily bread. The next one is God forgive me. This is, and forgive us our debts. I've prayed this prayer so many times. This prayer is when we're, we're going, God, I dropped the ball. Forgive me. Lord, I sinned. Lord, I just realized what I have been doing is wrong. Please forgive me. God, forgive me. This is a critical prayer. We cannot have a relationship with God without this prayer. We can't do it. As much as you want to, we've got to come back and crave forgiveness. And guess what? I'm not talking about uh, I got condemned into doing this. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts us. And we pray this. Jesus died so we can pray this prayer with confidence. God, I need you. Please forgive me. We, we should probably pray this. Some of us in here, we need to pray this prayer today. This is one that is critical. Now, God, help, help me forgive is the next one. This is on the, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Jesus said that this prayer actually gets in the way of the last one. This is very important. A lot of times we're asking God to forgive us, but what we should really start with is, God, help me forgive somebody else. This one will get in the way of your relationship with God. And there are times you, you feel, we feel like someone else has done something to us and what they did is not right. And so we're going to hold it against them to prove a point or to make it better or so we can feel right about it. And all it has done is it has gotten in the way of us and our relationship with God because we are holding against someone something that we have no... Forgive them. God, help me forgive them. We might need to forgive our neighbor the person you work with. You might need to forgive your spouse. You might need to forgive yourself. Start with this one. Ask God to help you forgive someone else because this one gets in the way of the other one. Don't let unforgiveness get between us and God. Uh, the next one is God protect me from myself. This is a good one. I pray this a lot. This is the lead us not into temptation. This is the prayer that we pray when we are getting in our own way. And we can do it, okay? If more people prayed, God, protect me from myself, fewer and fewer of us would have to pray, God, please forgive me of that. God, I'm getting in my own way. I keep doing these things. This is the go-to prayer when we are our own worst enemy. We are caught up in sin when there is something going on there. We don't need to be ashamed to ask for help. But I would also say with this one, God, protect me from myself, but also help me find someone that I can be accountable to. I can be honest with and open with. This is really, really important. Don't be ashamed to ask for help. Now, Jesus included this prayer because we're not the only ones who can mess our lives up. This next one. He said, God, deliver me. Deliver us from the evil one. Now, this one is, is important. The reason why this one is in here is because, I don't know if you've ever grown up in church uh, or your grandparents go to church. I had a, a few occasions to go to, to church with my grandparents, and it was so wild because they prayed differently than the way I did. They prayed in a way that they, they literally prayed, God, deliver my grandkids from this thing. And it was basically just a bunch of grandparents spilling the tea the entire time. You're like, whoa, so-and-so is on drugs. I did not know that. But okay, God, deliver them from that. God, deliver them from the gossip or whatever. And you're like, oh, man, the way I realized, like, God, you need help so-and-so. They shut their mouth. Like, that's the way I look at it. But it honestly needs to be God, deliver them from this. 
And I started hearing all this stuff, and you start noticing a lot of these men and women of the faith, they prayed the right way. God delivered them from that. Why? Because those things are a bondage and a spiritual chain on that person. Drug addiction and gossip are the same type of addiction. It is a bondage. And so the right way to pray is say, God, deliver them from that. God, deliver me or God, deliver them. What this has to do with is our authority as a believer. God has given us the keys We just need to speak it. We need to say the same words that Jesus said. Watch chains come off. Watch bondages be broken. Watch bounds be broken. And watch somebody walk in freedom for the first time. God, deliver us from the evil one. If somebody's caught in a mess, God, deliver me. Somebody is stuck or they feel trapped, God, deliver them. If something is holding us back, God, deliver us. We think that it has to be all these fancy things, but you need to use the name of Jesus, but say, God, deliver me in Jesus' name. Watch what happens. This is important. Each one of these prayers can change your life. Each one of these prayers by themselves can be life-changing. Watch what happens when we string them all together. So my challenge to you is this. We have this one up there? We do. These essential prayers, I'm, I'm, I'm more than good on time. These essential prayers... So prayer and fasting is this week, and we'll talk more about that. It starts today, and it goes for an entire week. If we take time every single day this week, and we pray one or all of these, watch what happens. We'll put this on social media. Um, We will post these so that you guys can go through them. This is a plan that Jesus laid out for us on how we can pray confidently. What I would love for us to do is to look at that board and pick which one you need to pray today. The difference between learning and training is training is putting it into practice. It's building some spiritual core muscles so that you have strength to stand. That's what this is about. And I think we could all pray at least one of these. These things are on your, on your chairs. This is prayers for 2022. We're in prayer and fasting. Uh, prayer and fasting, I'll talk more about that in just a second. But this is actually something that doesn't go uh, like over by the cross. This goes with you at home. You can, put it on your, <laughs> you can put it on your refrigerator. You can put it on your mirror. I joked around earlier. I said you can put it by the little Debbies in the, the pantry. I don't really care. Where you go look, most often you can do that. Little Debbies attempt, just make no mistake, just so you know. Uh, but you can put these on there. And this is, this is so that it, you see it in front of your face in 2022. And it really what it's asking is, these are prayers for my life and prayers for others. Something for you, something for somebody else. Take this one with you. Now on your seat, you have these other little cards, something that I'm praying for, something I'm thankful for. What we're going to do in a little bit is we're going we're gonna to respond in worship. But we like to give you a few different ways to do that. This week is prayer and fasting. We'll come in on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 6 a.m. We'll be here praying together. But the things you guys can do right now in this service is you can light a candle for somebody that you're praying for. You can write down things you're thankful for or praying for and bring it to the cross and leave it there. You can go in the back on either side of this booth. They are little communion cups. You can take communion together. Or in the back corner of this room, we'll have pastors and leaders that are there. If you want to pray with somebody, I would challenge you to do that. It's incredible to pray with somebody else, not just by yourself. And then what we'll do after this week is done, next Sunday, we will break the fast and we will all take communion together, okay? So here's what we're going to do. That was actually not bad on timing. We did all right. What I want to do is I want to take the next few minutes and I want to go through here and answer questions that are coming in and have come in on uh, Instagram. So 
What's interesting about this is most of these are about fasting, a little bit about prayer, and I understand why, because as I look at these, it's pretty obvious. There's somebody said, I said, what are, what are some questions you have about prayer and fasting? And somebody literally said, everything. <laughs> they just want to just cover all the bases. I get it. Uh, this is a question that came in about fasting, and it says, what did Jesus fast and pray, and what was its purpose? What did Jesus fast and pray, and what was its purpose? Which is an incredible uh, question. So, um, in the Bible, if you think about it, there, uh, it's in the book of Matthew is when it describes in great detail why and when Jesus fasted and prayed. How long did he fast and pray? Do you guys know? 40 days. Please don't forget the 40 nights because when you're fasting, it's still included. We had somebody actually, uh, uh, <laughs> a buddy of mine, he said, hey, listen, does it count if I'm fasting after, after I go to bed and before I wake up in the morning? I was like, I, don't, I think that's sleeping. I don't, I don't think that that's actually fasting, but okay. 40 days and 40 nights. Now, why did he do it? This is really critical. A lot of times we see these things and we take it way out of context. So here's what, so 30 years up to that point, Jesus was getting ready to launch out into three years of public ministry. But if you remember, he was baptized and immediately after being baptized in the Jordan River, he went out into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and he did not eat or drink for that entire time. So in those 40 days and 40 nights, the devil came and tempted him three different times. What Jesus was doing is he was preparing for the ministry that was ahead of him, spiritually strengthening himself so that when we say fasting, what you're doing is you're denying your flesh, which we don't know what we're like, what does that mean? It means your own natural desires, your own cravings, you put those aside and focus on building some spiritual muscle. So he put all of those things aside so that he could be focused and engaged going forward. Yes, he was tempted during that time. He, he obviously came through that with flying colors. The reason why we do this at the beginning of the year is we want everyone to have a chance to go into the year prepped and ready for what is ahead. Fasting helps us do that. The prayer also helps us do that. Now, just be really excited because years ago when we first got here, it was 21 days of prayer and fasting. You're like, Whew, I'm glad I'm here in the seven days section. I get that. I totally get that. But the reason why we, uh, we, what we did is we noticed that in 21 days, very few people made it to week two. You're like, man, I'm doing 28 days. Well, I'm really doing about five and a half days of prayer and fasting. And most people give up because they're like, it's too long. So we're going we're gonna to baby steps onto the bus with this thing. We're going to go for seven days of prayer and fasting, okay? That was a What About Bob reference. Forget about it. All right, this next question, um, it says, what is the point of fasting? Which is really, really important. Please get this. If you want to write this down, you can. It's not up there. Fasting doesn't move God. Fasting moves you. There's a difference. Fasting doesn't mean you get put up higher in the call queue. You're not ahead of everybody else. It's like, well, I was going to answer those prayers, but Jimmy is fasting. Hang on, let's answer Jimmy first. That's not how it works, Jimmy. That's not how it works. Fasting moves you, your stance, your position in your approach toward Jesus. And what it does is builds your... So we have cravings. We have things that we want we put those on the back shelf, and our spirit man, we are reminding our body who's boss, and it's Jesus. 
That's what we're doing. We're putting some cravings on the back shelf, on the back burner for a while. Now, one of the things that Jesus did when he fasted, and I want to make sure I get this one right. I think it's Matthew 17. Uh, the disciples were with Jesus, and the disciples had tried to cast a demon out of a man, and they weren't able to do it. Like, what is going on? Jesus comes along, and all of a sudden, he does it, obviously, with flying colors. Then they're like, why in the world did this, why, Jesus, why couldn't we have done that? And he said, listen, sometimes some of these things can only come out through prayer and fasting. Remember context. Context is everything on this. We can take that way out of context and think, listen, if you want to have your prayers answered, the really difficult prayers, they only happen through prayer and fasting. No. The reason why he said that is because these other guys had a little bit of pride and a little bit of arrogance, and they were trying to go around doing the things that Jesus did, and they were puffing themselves up. They were doing this out of context. And he said, listen, prayer and fasting is the only way. Why? Because we are humbled in that process, knowing that this is our stance and our approach toward Jesus. It's not like these are extra credit. You're not supersizing your prayers. You're getting your heart right. So you're doing things for the right reasons, okay? We good on all that? We work supersizing into that. I don't even really know how. But you can't, pride and arrogance doesn't come into play when you're praying and fasting, okay? All right, upselling somebody on it. Uh, all right, last one. We can, we have time? Yeah, we're okay. We're okay? I still have time. Uh, how can someone with a nutritional deficiency, like an iron deficiency, how can they fast? Huge, important question. Fasting should not be dangerous. Please be wise. Please use wisdom with this, okay? this Fasting is not a diet. Fasting is not, well, I really need to, fasting is not that. This is really, really important. It shouldn't be unwise. It shouldn't be dangerous. It is about keeping our natural desires in check. Fast something you want, not something your body needs. There's a difference. So there's a thing called a Daniel fast, which some of you may have heard about. You're like, who's Daniel? The book of Daniel in chapter one, like who's Daniel and why did he make us do this? He's not making anybody do this. It's the example. So Daniel chapter one, I think it's verse 12 through 18. Daniel actually fasted and he ate only uh, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, some beans, and water. You're like, that seems kind of specific. Yeah, no cheese, no dairy, no meat, no fettuccine alfredo. I don't know what those other things are, but none of the other stuff. He ate only those, like fruits, vegetables, uh, whole grains, some beans, and water. In doing so, he set himself apart, and he did it for a long time, and the king actually noticed, like, hang on a minute, something is different about this guy. So a lot of people will do a Daniel fast, which means you're not depriving your body of, of, except for the other things. So you're doing a very, very clean eat. You can do that. I would say if you have a, a, an iron deficiency, maybe take a supplement or don't fast something that is going to hurt your body. You can, I mean, spinach has iron in it, right? Doesn't it? Somebody Google that really quick. I thought spinach has iron in it. But do something so that it's not hurting your body. Remember, we are fasting things that we crave. So our kids, they wanted to fast when they were really younger. And they're like, what do you, what, you're not going to ask your kids to not eat a meal. There's no chance. My wife, if you, if you know Gina, the one thing she is going to make sure that if you're around her is that you are well fed. I'm gonna, she's going to ask you several times, have you eaten? When's the last time you ate? Sit down, I'm going to feed you. So we're not going to ask our kids to do that, but we would do it where they would say, hey, I don't want, I'm, I'm going to fast sweets. I'm not going to do candy for, for a week. For like a seven-year-old, that's like running a marathon. They're like, this is, this is difficult. That's, that's something that you could fast. You could fast uh, sugar. You could fast coffee. 
I know. I got a lot of evil looks right there on that one. People don't like it when I say that one. That's, you can do it. Why? Is this something you crave? Yes. Do you need it? I mean, it's debatable. So most of us don't even want to, we don't even leave the bed without coffee coming to us, okay? You could fast social media. You could fast the PlayStation, the PS5, if you could find it. Good luck with that. But you could fast social media. Why? It's something you crave. Do you need it? No, you don't need it. Where am I going to find my, I can't fall asleep if I don't scroll through TikTok. Okay, simmer down for a little bit. Just fast it. Put it off to the side. You don't have to have it. Now, this is really, really important. Fasting is not just about putting something aside for a week and then picking it back up. Fasting is about putting something aside and filling that space in your life with a connection with Jesus. Spend some time with him. Spend time in prayer. You could turn worship on. You're like, well, I was fasting certain foods. Where's the extra space in that? I, I don't know. Turn worship music on while you don't eat those foods. I don't know, but make sure you replace that with some time with the Lord. It's a combination of those two. Fasting is not dieting, okay? Um, I want you, so just to be really like clear, and the reason why I like this question about a nutritional difference, so I have type 1 diabetes, I got an insulin pump and all that kind of stuff. There are things I can't fast. But what I do is, I'm not going to do social media, I'm not going to do television, I'm not going to do streaming stuff, I'm not going to do whatever. Okay, the book of Boba Fett will wait until next week. It does, I don't have to watch it right now. Putting those things aside and prioritizing my time with God is very important. And you can do it. Everybody can do this. If you want to do food, you can do it. You want to do certain types of, of, uh, of like caffeine or whatever, you can do that. My major suggestion with this is that we fill the time and energy that we have spent on those other things that we've cut out and we position ourselves toward Jesus.